Hello, hello, and welcome to the Elf Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude, and I got uh, some guy here co-hosting. It's me. <laughs> it's your buddy, Andy. Whoa, Thanks. it's Andy, everybody. <laughs> welcome to the show, everybody. It's Elf Nerds <laughs> Podcast. Talk about albums, give recommendations, and... Let you know what we're listening to. Love to know what you're listening to as well. Today we're talking about two new classics, two records from the last five to ten years that we think are going to be classic records, you know, in the year 2030 when we're looking back on uh, the early 2000s. We think these records will be ones that stand out, and we're going to tell you about them today. Damn right we are. Do do you want to shoot the shit here or you want to get right to business? You know I like to get right down to it, man. No foreplay. All right. Time for some new classics. AAK albums that we think are going to be classics in our collections, whether or not the rest of the world agrees. I don't know. But hopefully this show will help get people on our side. So, uh... Andy, why don't you why don't you start it off? Because um, the one that I came up with, you're familiar with. The one you came up with, I have no freaking clue. So I think that might be a little more interesting conversation. <laughs> so yeah, you know, you I love me, throwing man? you a curveball, man. I always like to keep things a little interesting on the show. Keep you on your toes, right? Isn't that what I do? Keep you. Well, yes, you keep me on my toes. You. Sometimes you keep me on my ears bleeding, but in this case, they were not bleeding. <laughs> so that's the good news. All right, let's get into this record. I picked out a record from 2010. This record from Janelle Monet came out entitled The Arc Android. And it is a whole bunch of things I love wrapped into one. She's a very interesting individual. If you're not familiar with her, she's kind of an, I guess I would say like an R&B singer, kind of borders in uh, hip-hop and pop as well. She's a very, um, very unique, creative individual. This is her second album, first on a major label. It's on the uh, Bad Boy Records, which is owned by Epic and Sony. Oh, hey, hey, hey. You can't forget yes. Puff Daddy or what, what P. Diddy or... Whatever. Sean, Sean yeah. Combs, I think he prefers to be called now. Yes. He runs the label and he's a big... He's old news. <laughs> yeah, I know. I haven't heard from him in like 15 years. But I think he's more into like the uh, record mogul side of things now. He's a big, big fan of Janelle Monet. He's been out there promoting her from the beginning of her career. So this record uh, is kind of a concept record. And I love the concept record uh, concept. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's kind of a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a cool idea. So it's part of like why I think we both love albums so much is because it's a ton of, a tall story from beginning to end. And the story being told here is a carryover from her, her first uh, EP. It takes place in this like kind of futuristic sci-fi space where uh, androids are, are very popular in the world. They're kind of robotic humans. Oh, I thought and, like I thought maybe they were Android phones replacing the iPhones that are so popular. <laughs> This is uh, really to promote the new Android <laughs> operating <laughs> that, system. That would be a whole different story if it's like, oh, my, my Galaxy Note 8 is really great. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe Google should get contact her for <laughs> product placement tie-in there. <laughs> no, the kind of this, this record is loosely based on the 1927 uh, sci-fi film Metropolis, which, if you haven't seen, is a really futuristic, um, interesting <laughs> film. A little hard to get through nowadays, but at the time it was groundbreaking. Um, and she's using the kind of the android uh, term as a metaphor for minorities. Ah. Kind of, Okay. Just minorities in general and kind of how they're treated nowadays is maybe how we would treat robots in the future, which I think is kind of an interesting uh, comparison to make. Um, there's two main characters, which is Cindy Mayweather, which is kind of like her character that she plays. And this is kind of consistent through this record, the previous record, and the record that comes after this, Queen, which is also very good. And uh, Anthony Greendown, who is kind of her love interest throughout the story. I don't want to get into too much of the story just yet, but maybe we can uh, maybe we can play the lead single from this, and I can come back and talk some more about it. This is Tightrope, which features Big Boy from Outcast. It's uh, one of my favorite tracks off the record, so let's give a quick listen to that. Oh my god, it's so infectious to me, but I have no idea what you're going to think of this one, man. I, I know the last few records I recommended you've absolutely detested. I feel like this is a little bit more accessible, so what, do, what are your thoughts? Okay, so I had kind of heard her name before, but when you had it typed, I had no idea who that was. And then I looked it up and I saw the album cover. I'm like, oh, there's that young lady that I've seen on TV that has the like bun in the front of her head. And I yeah, I had no clue poofy. no clue who she was. I, I guess I just thought she was a model or a TV person of some kind. Uh, but I had heard this name. So I was putting a whole uh, bunch of stuff together. And then I'm like, this is going to suck when I... When <laughs> When I started it, and you I give was, me no credit, do you? No credit. Well, so, you know, I mean, it's like no respect. What, what are you, Rodney Dangerfield over here? Yeah. So <laughs> you're right. You're Go right. Ahead. I mean, I just was like, okay, what bizarro thing here? I listened to it two and a half times. I didn't get it all the way through on a third. I, it's enjoyable pop R and B. I mean, it has. Beyonce touches, I guess, you know, modern touches, but it feels like something maybe from the somewhere in the mid 90s in terms of some of the vocal sounds. I liked it. Um, I didn't know any of this stuff you're telling me now about the story and all of that story. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to have to listen to it again with that in mind because that automatically makes me like it better knowing that there was a lot of thought and and just the whole even the android thing where you that that represents minorities that's interesting and whether or not it's my genre or whether or not it's my favorite thing to listen to it's worth checking out more and giving the respect to a person who created something that's more than just a bunch of booty shaking songs so i appreciate that there are some good songs for shaking your booty but they're not necessarily about shaking your booty, which I think makes a little bit more interesting. Uh, that's cool, man. I'm glad you uh, 
glad you didn't have any stigmas about it before you got into it and I, were able to appreciate it. I completely, cool. I completely missed this when it was happening somehow. So you know, unfortunately, it didn't get a lot of press. It it didn't. It sold relatively poorly. Uh, it did chart, but it wasn't really at the top of the list for the, the weeks and months after its release. It got very well reviewed. I'm thinking here, it got a Grammy nomination, I think, for best vocal R&B record. Um, it also did get ranked fairly highly on some year-end lists in 2010. But I feel like she, as an artist, is severely overlooked as, as in like that, that pop. R&B space where you have, you know, people like Beyonce and, and Lady Gaga and stuff like that kind of dominating the headlines. I feel like she is equally talented, if not more talented and a lot more interesting and, you know, creative as an artist. Um, yeah, this record is a little, my biggest complaint would be maybe it's a little inconsistent. There's some really infectious dance tracks, like when we just heard Tightrope there, but there's also some kind of, more spacey psychedelic sounds later in the record which uh you know don't necessarily always blend seamlessly together um it is like her first major label record so i will give her some credit and she does do all a lot of the production work is done by her she's a relatively newer artist maybe she doesn't have a ton of experience doing that but it's cool she likes getting her hands dirty and being very involved in the the creative process well you know here's what dude says when i'm listening to this album the first time through Normally, when you ask me to listen to something, I am looking every couple of minutes at the tracks. How many more are left? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm only eight in, and there are seven more? What the hell? In this case, the album was over, and I'm like, did something go wrong? And it wasn't short or anything. I mean, it's a regular length album. It was a nice, it was a nice relief. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Try to mix in something a little bit more uh, palatable from time to time. <laughs> well that's why that's why we're we're a good duo for for a show like this because i'm pretty much on track with particular genres and set my ways and you have a yeah, diverse steady, you have a diverse palette you look for new kinds of things and new kinds of experiences and you're making me do it as much as sometimes it is torturous. I'm also glad that I do it. So <laughs> that was part of the fun is trying to discover these these records that maybe aren't quite as popular and uh, share them with people. So it's cool, man. I'm glad you got to listen to this one. Let's play um, one more track from this. This is one of those more spacey uh, psychedelic type tracks. It's called uh, Mushrooms and Roses. Yeah, you can hear there's a little bit of storytelling there in the spoken word passages there. Just to give a little bit of background story. So Janelle's character, Cindy Mayweather, is 
the arc android who's supposed to like save her race of people from this uh, kind of oppressive government that's taken uh, rule. And uh, in this song specifically, it's uh, she's talking about kind of getting away to like this dream nirvana type state with uh, her lover. Um, it has that kind of dreamy atmospheric sound. That I think it's pretty cool, especially you don't hear a lot of that in the uh, this R&B hip hop space. So cool track. Very, very cool record. All right. I'm intrigued, and I try not to research the things that you're talking about too much because I don't want to. I'd prefer to be dazzled. <laughs> so good job. <laughs> yeah, well, if you really want to get down, like the EP before this is basically the beginning of the story, and the record after this, Queen, is loosely the continuation. There's the same characters are, are in that album as well. So she's pretty consistent with her with her concepts and stuff, which I think is awesome. Okay. So, Janelle Monet, uh, the album is The Ark Android. Cool. Thanks, man. That was interesting. Um, yeah. Glad you dug it. What do you got, man? What do you want to talk about? Well, I've got an old friend of ours. I think we talked about him on our end of year show last year for our favorite albums of 2016. What was last year? 2015? No, 2016. God, I'm so, 2016. I'm so confused now, man. Once we got past any, since we got past 2000, I've been confused. I miss, <laughs> I miss the 20th it's like century. It's seventeen man. years, man. Oh my god, it doesn't feel like it. Uh, no, I feel you, man. I feel you. Anyway, I went with Michael. How about this record? I, I went with Michael <laughs> Kiwanuka. Home again is the name of the album, and it was it was his mm-hmm. first album, and we actually uh, discussed at the end of last year, Love and Hate, which was his uh, release from last summer. Yeah, follow up to this one. So. Home Again came out in March of 2012. Michael Kiwanuka is a English soul musician. He's been compared to Marvin Gaye, Curtis Mayfield, Bill Weather, Bill Withers. Uh, those are all guys from the 60s and 70s. Randy Newman, who's a interesting choice here, but a, a good song. Randy writer. Newman, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Otis yeah. Redding, and even I Van Morrison. Even Van Morrison, he's been compared to. Uh, so he's uh, he's 30 years old now, but his music is very folky, this record at least, I think. It's got a folky kind of guitar feel to it, but it also has some definite uh, classic soul, 70s soul sound to it. His voice is great, haunting. The lyrics are interesting. From the moment I heard this i've loved it and this uh, like i said it came out in 2012 bought the record immediately my wife and i listened to it all the time one night i remember we listened to this record over and over again the actual vinyl we were up till like 2 a.m sipping scotch and listening to this album and uh (laughs) and it's just it's one of those that i know will stick with me now how did you feel about it since it's probably been a while because love and hate is fresher for us what was your what were your thoughts now that he's Got another record in the can. Um, I, I this is one of those really those records that I think just has a timeless quality to it that doesn't really matter whether you're hearing it in 2017 or you know 1967. Like it's there's something universally appealing about it. Um, so it was kind of not to be cliche, but it's kind of like coming home again. I mean, hey. it was. It's a uh, it's a very familiar sound to it. Like this was something that I think you recommended to me initially. Yes, I did. Perhaps. Yes, I did. All right. All right. I'm surprised you let that go this long. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I immediately 
fell in love with his voice as well. So soulful and that throwback, you know, 70s soul sound that I absolutely love. He just like nails it. And there's really, I mean, I love D'Angelo too, but in terms of like modern soul people, there's not a lot of guys out there doing it as well as, as he's doing it. I bought it on vinyl almost immediately when it came, once I listened to it a few times and I've had similar late night sessions with it, uh, you know, kind of sitting in a darkened room and with a drink or something to smoke and just really engrossed in this record is, it's just something you can really curl up with, I guess, you know. So now that we're getting everybody out there a little bit horny, why don't we play a little bit <laughs> of, of Tell Me a Tale, which I believe that's the, uh, the first track opening cut yeah. on the on the record so we'll give you a little a little taste and then you can have your own special late night sessions everything i was meant to be but i need loving but i need good good loving but i need loving I just love the arrangements on this record. Those those oh, type man. of songs in yeah. particular. There are stripped down, more folky type of songs as well that uh, that are uh, less lush. But man, that that just when I listened to that first song, I'm like, whoa, that's cool. So, dude, yeah, the production is so spot on. There, it's it's so warm and inviting, and it has like that very natural feel to it. It's it's perfect. Couldn't wouldn't change it at all. Now that there's two records, I mean, did that affect anything for you? Um, good question. Hmm. I think I was a little bit surprised by some of the the middle tracks on this on Home Again, where the, yeah. it is just a little more stripped down. With it's just like him and a guitar. Like I hadn't really heard him that raw. Like and on Love and Hate, it's a little bit more. Yes, I guess embellished sounding. What you expect in an artist's career to kind of, of expand their of sound course. a little bit? But hearing those those stripped back tracks where it's a little more intimate yes. was uh, was cool. Yeah. Yes. You had the same experience, or yeah. There's something really special about this that I'd kind of forgotten because I'd been listening to Love and Hate so much and hadn't come back to this in a while. And when we were talking about classic recommendations, you know, I'm struggling and struggling and think, looking at the years and what came out in the different years. And when this came to mind, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I played it over and over again and was like, I, I just as enthused as I was the very first time. So, yeah, it's kind of a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, yeah, how we, I thought about that. Yeah. So why don't um, why don't we hop into home again and get a little taste of that stripped down, Michael? Moving on, so I'll close my eyes and look behind. Moving on, lost again, lost again. One day I know I'll pass through force again, smile again. Again. One day I hope to make you 
I'm kind of annoyed that I have to turn that down <laughs> right now. <laughs> I know, right? I can totally sit back and just listen to us. <laughs> yeah, there's something about about him as a person that kind of gives me makes me feel good knowing that he's out there as an artist creating music. I feel like it's what he's doing is not the norm in modern music, unfortunately. That kind of very authentic and uh, struggles the other words, but it's it feels very real well, I don't, and honest with him. I don't want to say yeah. what I'm about to say because it's so corny, oh, soulful. I mean, soulful. It's soul music, but it is soulful. There's something real about it, and yeah, soul, it's real, man. soulful is the best I can come up with without uh, sounding like I'm in love with the guy. I like his music, but we're just friends. <laughs> He's got cool hair. I'm really good at that. Yes, so. yes. Much cooler than mine because I have none. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Great yeah. records, man. Yeah. I feel really good about both these records. Yeah. Um, well, I was just going to say I like that we both some we both ended up picking sort of R&B, soul music type stuff, which we don't talk enough true. about on this program. So that was a cool a cool happenstance as well. Yeah, that worked out pretty well. If you listeners out there have any records from this time period, I mean, we're talking about like 2007 to like 2012, give or take. We'd love to know what you're listening to at that time and what records you think will be uh, classics in the years to come. Definitely hit us up on Twitter at Album Nerds. Love to hear from you. Even just to know what you're listening to nowadays would be cool too. What do, what do we got coming up next week, man? I believe What's... I believe we're jumping back in time again and we're going to do a decade we're going to do a decade recap cup, pick some albums that we really love from a particular year not a whole decade but part of the 90s 1993 we've done 90 we've done 91 we've done 92 it's time it's time Andy and I got a good one Oh yeah oh 93 was a good year man yeah. Good records that year. It's going to be hard to pick just one for me. I know you got one that you're going to do no matter what. So, oh, yeah, be sure to, my heart. Be sure to in for my heart. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, be sure and check out our website, albumers.com. Albumers with an A. Always with an A. That's the best way. Still an A. That's right. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much for listening to the Album Nerds podcast, and uh, we will catch you next time. See you then. Bye-bye.